I I mean, I assume she's in high school. Yes. But I would have pegged her at like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. You'd have pegged her at 18. Wow, that's really adventurous. <laughs> well, it's illegal. Uh, I walked right into that one. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode, The Podcast The Podcast which reviews very special episodes from across pop culture No, that's why we call it that Yes, it all comes together. <laughs> We're through the looking glass here, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am your host this week, Austin Gorton. Uh, with me in balmy Minnesota, creepily <laughs> recording people making out is... Could I be any more David Bittenhofer? <laughs> he took it right out of the gate. Damn. <laughs> Point to David for our first, uh, our first Chandler Bing reference. Uh, and... Uh, Hanging out in an apartment with a picture frame around her peephole is... Could I be any more second to this? <laughs> Carolyn Maine, right, right. Mm-hmm. See money. See money up in the Hazaios. And uh, this week we are discussing Growing Pains, Season 4, Episode 20, Second Chance which is notable for starring guest starring Matthew Perry, if you can't tell from David's <laughs> introduction. So this is the episode where this is the culmination of a multi-episode guest stint for Matthew Perry, yeah. in, which, in which he played Carol's college-aged boyfriend, Sandy. They go out and they have a good time and things are getting uh, serious between the two of them, but then he's in a car accident and some sad things happen. It's a rough run. No, yeah. this was uh, interesting. It was a long con because he was in three episodes, I guess. You know, and that's did they have yeah. all this planned out or not? I guess we'll get. Yeah, I was curious about that as well. Yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Carol. What is your relationship with growing pain? Huh. You know, yeah, at rest, I don't have too many memories of it. But while I was watching this episode, I'm pretty sure I did see it when it aired or was syndicated. I saw it on television. There's something about when you look at the Growing Pains cast that is just so familiar. It's like peak mullet 80s, and it really seems (laughs) like Kirk Cameron was a cute boy, and like you could grow up and he'd be nice to you. It was 
very haunting to me now to look back at this and remember when this seemed normal. But overall, I find it pretty charismatic as far as sitcoms go. I was surprised that uh, it got a little racier this episode yeah. than I thought it would. Yeah, there was there was like a lot more hardcore. Well, not really hardcore making <laughs> yeah. out, but like TV hardcore making yeah. out to a level I was not expecting from a '80s sitcom. I would. <laughs> wooed like you never wooed before. Oh, I've wooed like that before. <laughs> uh, David, what is your relationship with the growing pains? Uh, probably similar to Carolyn's. I think I've seen more than she has. I don't know if well, I. Let's watch... be clear, David. You've seen more of everything than everyone has. Uh, depends on the show, but if it comes to like sitcoms that would have been in syndication on like TBS, then <laughs> yes, I've seen a lot of them, and that's more than just Saved by the Bell. Because man, I didn't have a life. Um, Unlike now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a job though, so that's the problem. There's no summer vacation just to watch Growing Pains back to back. Wouldn't that be great if we could just take like three months a year and just do nothing but watch TV? Wow. I know. Yeah, so, you know, I probably watched some first run, but nothing that, like, it wasn't appointment television for me or anything, but (laughs) certainly on TBS I'd be watching a lot of Growing Pains, I guess. I think I'd mentioned, oh, I know I've mentioned this on Saved by the Bell Reviewed. I don't know if I mentioned it here. But whenever someone brings up Growing Pains, I think about the times I'd watch this and Mike would make a fat joke about Carol. Yeah. And uh, as a kid, not knowing everything, I just always thought I was like, wow, how, what kind of person do you have to be to be an actor who will willingly take on these insults? Like the amount of self-confidence and your a bit you know how yeah confidence in yourself and who you are to like put on a role where you're just going to get shit on like that you know it's like wow that must take a lot of strength or something and then of course you learn that she was an horrifically anorexic like it was really bad for her and those fat jokes probably didn't help yeah yeah that's really troubling when i watch it at this age and also this is the second sitcom we reviewed where there's a carol and I'm a Carol. So, <laughs> personal connection for me with Mikey Seaver calling Carol's pigs. I mean, shut the fuck yeah. up. Fucking. You're like, stop talking to me, TV. Right? <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me eat snacks. Because I love snacks. <laughs> and we'll probably get into it in the episode. But the other problem is she was fairly anorexic in this episode. And fat jokes don't work. Like, they make no sense when someone's thin as a rail sitting on the TV, but... It's just that he hates women. You realize that it's nothing to do with the size of the woman, just the size (laughs) of the Mike Seaver. Yeah, I guess. Uh, David, did did that help prepare you, wondering how an actor deals with shit for this podcast and Uh, how we treat you? (laughs) You just gotta know, going in, you gotta be ready for the shit to be piled upon you. Can we call David fat? Yeah, I go for it. I put on some pounds over this holiday season, so, you know. You're not even fat. I think you have the most muscle mass percentage out of any of us, (laughs) but... But we have to take back the patriarchy by calling you fat tonight, and that's although, just although what's Ryan, up. Although Ryan has the advantage of being able to just, he has more body to him. I know. You know he has people, more. They just get to eat whatever they want. He's got a couple of inches on all of us, so that's just by, <laughs> you know, by sheer math, he's probably got more muscle mass. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, you guys, are, as far as growing pains. Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows kind of like when I talked about Punky Brewster that I feel like, 
I remember watching it as a kid, but I don't know that I could pick out a whole lot of like specific episodes or specific plot points. I certainly don't remember this episode or Matthew Perry's little guest stint, though certainly when I would have been watching it the first time around, he would have just been a dude to me, um, as opposed to now he's an actor that I've seen in multiple things. So yeah, it's it's I guess it's one of those shows like I, I remember, you know, all the actors from it and kind of the broad strokes of its premise and seem familiar with it, but really don't know much of the specifics at all. I'll say I probably just cause I watched it more. I do remember more than like punky Brewster. Like there are certain episodes yeah. and things that happen that I can remember. And growing pains did teach me that objects fall at the same rate, no matter their mass. Oh, like ah. the, Feathers versus a quarter. It was a feather yeah. versus a hammer. And so then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio right, was given... Right, because Leo is in this later. He shows up as a surprise extra orphan, right? Yeah. And he, yeah, and he so becomes Mike, like a cousin Oliver yeah, kind of a thing. Mike's trying to teach him about physics, because I guess Mike's a teacher now. And uh, <laughs> he, he like reads that, but Mike doesn't really know what he's talking about. And then Leo is like... Oh, yeah? Try dropping a feather and a hammer. See which one hits the ground first. And, of course, the f- the hammer does first. Because it has to be in a vacuum and the aerodynamics don't let the uh, right. feather fall. But they learn that at the end when they create a vacuum. Well, that's area. good to know. Yeah. And that's when uh, Leo and Mike Seaver bond. I feel like this is one of those TV shows that kind of hits all of the stereotypical sitcom beats, but isn't terrible about it either yeah like you know they have the very special episodes obviously this is this is one of many that we could pull from growing pains um it has the let's throw a new kid in to goose the ratings this season this is season four and they've got a baby mm-hmm. now and yeah right i didn't see the baby until like the very end when they're holding, I know. and I'm like where did they get that baby <laughs> I assume that between this season and season 5 the kid does the super sitcom aging routine um, yeah. or maybe between 5 and 6 at some point the kid goes from being like a baby to an adorable toddler that can make cute comments more to than a toddler adults. she becomes like a 6 year old like wow. oh really yeah. oh no that's right because this is Chrissy isn't it yes <laughs> yeah that's right who went on to be rescued by Captain America in the first Avengers movie. Mm. And, you know, they have Leo then coming in as as the as a cousin Oliver along with Chrissy. Apparently, Lauren, my girlfriend, did a lot of research on this because she heard I was going to do this, and I don't know why she decided to dive into a growing pains <laughs> hole. So I've got some information. I mean, obviously, some of it we know about the anorexia, which is just awful, but apparently the actor who played Ben... Mm-hmm. was a little annoyed by the fact that Leo came in and kind of took on the main role that he was hoping to have in that season. Yeah, mm. that's valid cuz like he yeah. who could Leo has always had that star power and the Ben they totally just they're like get out of here you creep. <laughs> exactly. They're like, they're like you're not cute enough. We need Leo. He isn't that cute anymore. Uh so as for this episode, uh we open with a cold open. Uh, where Ben and his 80s camcorder, though not an outrageously 80s camcorder, it's still yeah. outrageous by our standards, but it's not like Marty McFly and Back to the Future outrageous. But, but that thing has to be expensive, though. Oh, I know. And he's filming Carol for some reason, and then... He's a creep. <laughs> he kind of is, right? 
He really? is like, and I guess this is where I'm not familiar enough with the show. Like, was that his shtick at this point in time? Was he like one of those annoying sitcom characters that like filmed everything? Was he like a proto David Silver in early 90210? He definitely did a lot of stuff with the camera. And there's actually a fairly funny episode. I know we're getting off topic, but I have to bring this up now. Yeah. Uh, where he like films his own horror movie. Wow. And it's, okay. you know, it's low budget or whatnot. It's like about alligators coming out of that were flushed down the toilet coming back to kill people, right? I think I remember that. And so there's one scene where there's the telephone in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And so then he puts up a sign and kind of builds like a cardboard box around it and puts it as public phone. Uh-huh. But they forget the L. Oh, <laughs> shit, it's a pubic phone. So it says pubic phone. And uh... to this day, I have no idea if that was intentional or not. <laughs> now I want to see that. Do you, David, do you think that the reason they brought in Leo and downplayed Ben's character was because Kirk Cameron was angry about the pubic joke and that was his way of punishing him? Probably. Possibly, but I doubt it was that actor's decision to do that. Well, well, I don't know that Kirk Cameron yeah. is the most logical uh, thinker in the world. Kirk definitely did do some interference with, like, the showrunners and stuff where he oh, said yeah. that, like, him and his girlfriend had to not finger bang on camera or something because of well, that, right? The, I forget who it was. Again, not intimately familiar with the show, but the actress who played his, like, longtime girlfriend on the show mm-hmm. appeared in Playboy, and he basically had her fired from the show for it. No, the story I heard from Lorne, right or wrong, was there's actually <laughs> another woman who was supposed to be his longtime girlfriend, and although he denies it, they say he got her kicked off because she posed in Playboy, and then his the woman that I think was his longtime girlfriend in real life became his girlfriend on the show, and then he married her, and the story I heard is once they got married, and this was while the show was running, he didn't invite any of the cast members to the wedding. Ice cold. That's like you guys not inviting me to your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) When Austin and I get married? (laughs) I better be there. Yeah, when Dave and I get married, you'll totes be there. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, no, one of those things I didn't know watching it, but then I learned after the fact is that Kirk Cameron's a dick. He's a huge dick, and he seems so cute and nice, and like, like when I was a kid, he's like, oh, that's the kind of guy you can date when you grow up, and it totally isn't. Everything's changed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to defend him. He he converted during the show to like, yeah. being a uber Christian he evangelical. Went, he went from like an out and out atheist to almost like literally the exact opposite of that. He was and an you... out atheist as a child actor. Yeah, that's what I. That was my understanding. Holy well, I mean, I, shit! They don't even don't let know. kids talk about God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even. I don't know how much of that is like. Mm-hmm. Did Lauren his... tell you? <laughs> his spin no. uh no i you know have the crack <laughs> research team that mm-hmm. gives me this information for gruel right apparently lauren's trying to horn in on their act. yeah she wants some of that fucking gruel i don't know how much of that is like he was an eight-year-old telling people he's an athe- atheist and how much of it was him like crafting that narrative after he converted yeah. that's crazy but at, but at the same time when i think about it a being newly converted you're going to be at your most pretentious and <laughs> Yeah, uh, unbearable, and you combine True. that with the fact that he's a teenager at the time, and I'm sure he was yeah, just awful to be around. When everyone is a pretentious dick, yeah, and <laughs> just knows everything, and he, 
he's found God and he's figured it all out and he's going to let everybody know and you know it's probably with the bad news. Now, is he still he, he's still bad, I think. Yeah, but. he's still keeping that up. The pretentiousness mm-hmm. and the obnoxiousness are still at an all-time high for Kirk there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ben is filming Carol and basically this whole cold open is him and Mike just relentlessly mocking her. Yeah. And yeah. And there's some business about whether or not Matthew Perry is her boyfriend. And she does this whole routine where she's like, well, I don't want to say he's my boyfriend before he says that I'm his girlfriend and blah, 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 blah. And it goes back and forth. And uh, his, her mom likes him. And then uh, Matthew Perry and his enormous sport coat show up. And <laughs> they're going to take her out for a night in the town. You know, just being Matthew Perry means we're going to make Chandler jokes, right? Right. Yeah, but why else will he... we be doing this episode? <laughs> exactly. But he's very Chandler-esque in this episode, uh-huh. too. Like, you can't not see Chandler when you're watching this. He's not but, yeah. doing the the B anymore, Chandler. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he's got he's got a baby face, and that overcoat is just like a huge triangle on his mm-hmm. frame. He's got and, that star power. And he's always joking. Like, he's mm-hmm. not serious at all in this entire episode, I don't think, really. No. He's, I mean, spoiler alert, he's on his deathbed yes. at one point. He's basically <laughs> like, could I be any more hilarious? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> at, at, least when, at least when he guest started at 90210, he played against type and was like this moody, spoiled rich kid that he may was, or may not be wanting to kill his dad. He was in 90210? I didn't know that. Does he, just, like, show muscles? That, Does he take off his shirt? Was that during yeah. Friends or before? Gotta be before. Oh, before Friends. Okay. It was before. It was after this and before. It was, like, the first or second. I think it was the first season of 90210. And it was just a one-off yeah. guest, like, a one-off episode kind of a thing. He wasn't like he was a recurring character. Like, could I be any more murderous towards my dad? Yeah, pretty. That's uh, yeah, pretty much. So like a Menendez uh, situation. So yeah, then uh, Carol and Matthew Perry go out for their date. Well, and we got what he. Well, I, I was a little confused oh, by no. the scene. Yeah, a, they asked if they wanted dessert before they left. Yeah, uh, which further confused me because later we learned they went to dinner. I think, or did they just yeah. a bar? Maybe, or maybe they just went to a bar. It was just yeah. a chance for Mike Seaver to call her fat for liking dessert. Yeah, she, oh, yeah, we get, yeah, we get two almost like back to back he's like she's like oh yeah you know how i love desserts he's like you sure do carol <laughs> <laughs> carol's then, love desserts because they're and then delicious there was like, you turn into a porker by midnight yeah. Or something. yeah and i wrote down jesus christ you guys you're killing tracy gold you dipshit <laughs> i know for like the sake of not writing and then though maybe that's foreshadowing because she gets really sexed up at midnight maybe it's porking pork no well maybe they're <laughs> going for something yeah i feel better about i feel better about that reading but it's just like and like, yeah. like you said david like she isn't i don't she's skinny. think she's skinny and but she's not like the because towards the end of her run on the show she was like dangerously skinny and they were trying to like hide it with baggy sweaters and stuff Mm -hmm. and i don't think she's at this point yet but in no way shape or form is she overweight or was she ever yeah and it's just one of those where you're like where did this like well well of jokes how did it even start that they were like let's make fat jokes about this actress who's not fat so i think in the earlier seasons i mean this sounds like i'm body shaming not at all i she had kind of some baby fat still david you're baby fat I am I'm by, all baby fat. I guess by baby. Hollywood standards. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, what were you hear? And she did not need to lose weight at all. Don't don't get me yeah. wrong. But apparently, yeah. and this is via my uh, secret source of knowledge here of growing <laughs> things, she 
went to a doctor and the doctor created a plan to help her lose weight from her incredibly obese 130 pounds she was at to 110 pounds. And Uh, so they did it like healthily on like a 500 calorie a day diet. Now, apparently a doctor was involved. And so I I don't know if it could call it right, but I think it was done with at least a modicum of thought of her health involved. But then she was still... 500 calories is like one sandwich, (laughs) Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, Yeah, no, that is not a lot of food at all. It's not one thing from the state fair that Austin (laughs) likes to eat at. (laughs) You can get a lot of vegetables, I guess, in that calorie count. But, uh, you know, like broccoli, I don't think I'd make it. It doesn't matter. Still, 500 is really low. So she gets down to 110, but then she's still having body issues. And so then she goes to a support group, but apparently... In the support group, the only thing she learned was how to diet and lose weight faster. So then... <laughs> she, she basically heard like everyone in the group talk about the bad things they did to lose weight and was like, oh, I could do that. Ba- it's like yeah. being in prison. Instead <laughs> of learning a trade, you just learn how to get away <laughs> with more crimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then she started losing even more weight and got down to 80 pounds. No. And, Jesus. you know, this is happening in the show. People kind of know, but they're hiding it with baggy sweaters and just kind of, like, pretending it's not happening. Apparently it was uh, uh, Maggie, the actress who plays Maggie Seaver. Oh, jo- yeah, Joanna Kearns. Yeah, she kind of put a stop to it. She said, no, she needs help. You guys got to stop just trying to hide this and face the facts that she has a problem and she needs to go get help. And that's Were they it. still, like, making pork jokes when she was at, like, an 80-pound skeleton? Probably. I don't, oh, my God. <laughs> that's so where it comes one. from, to answer your question earlier, Austin, is it's just, it's just internalized misogyny and fear of the female form and just, like, instead of actually writing these characters as siblings with a relationship, they're like, hey, they could just call the broad fat. What a fat broad. One, yeah, no, you're right. That's totally, I mean, yeah. sadly, that that's, I get that. The <laughs> other really sad thing is that, so they've got the fat jokes, but then there's the whole, like, oh, you're a geek, Carol. Carol's <laughs> such a geek thing. And it's like, way to pile on. Like, <laughs> pick Why? one of those stupid things to make build your jokes around. Like, yeah. Well, if you want to go like... sibling rivalry, at least the geek thing can make sense in a universe where she's not, where she's still rail thin and a geek, right. you know? Uh-huh, and probably isn't the damaging to her psyche on the same level as yeah. calling her fat all the time. It's but, not yeah. easy being in front of the lens, and yeah, um, I mean, of all the Seaver siblings to make fun of, why are we letting that creep Ben get away with filming his sister all the time? That's a problem for me. Yeah. Right. Uh, so anything, anything else for the cold open? I just think it's weird that they're like having, did she eat dinner before the date? For some reason that seems weird to me. And then them <laughs> inviting them over for dessert. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Thicke just wants to smell Chandler Bing and figure him out. Yeah. There's a whole little subplot here about dad being protective of his daughter and the guys that she's dating. And uh, I, rest in peace, Alan Thicke. Yeah, Rip we didn't uh, mention that. R.I.P. Yeah. Do you think he got his name because his dick was thick? I assume so. (laughs) And he wrote, I know, it's terrible. He wrote a lot of theme songs, right? Did he write this Growing Pains theme song? Uh, 
Oh, uh, that's a good question. What does your source say about that, David? Show me that smile. Um, yeah, this is one of the all-time great TV theme songs. Yeah, right? that's good. This is <laughs> this really is pretty fan. I mean, the '80s were like the golden age yeah. for TV theme songs, but this was this is a pretty good one out of that batch. We know we're near the nowhere near. <laughs> the best is ready to begin. Dreamers who never quit dreaming. Yeah, we keep on we... Right. yeah it was like eerie how much of that I remembered. You know, <laughs> obviously not perfectly, but like it sticks with you somewhere weird in oh, your yeah. brain. Remembers yeah, no, this forever. It's a, um, it's a good, it's a good tune. It's it looks <laughs> like I want to say <laughs> B.J. Thomas and Dusty Springfield wrote it. Well, it's a bit Dustin. Uh, uh, yeah, what I'm seeing is they were performed by B.J. Thomas and Jennifer uh, Warnes. Okay, Jennifer Warren. Well, Jennifer Warren's Warren's. probably wrote. Well, she was a big time songwriter. I know back in the day. This is Wikipedia saying performed by composers is Steve Dorff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if Alan Thicke wrote it, that'd be a lot more front and center. Yeah, it'd be Alan Thicke. This was the point at which I went. Oh yeah, they have a baby because at the very Mm, end when they gather for the family shot, she's uh, Maggie's holding a baby. And that's when I, and so then I, so then I retroactively was like, so where was the baby when they were eating dinner in the previous scene? So apparently like, so at the end they all like are standing and then they leave, but one person sta- lags behind. Like, right. And then they come back for the game. And apparently it's different every episode. Well, not necessarily like all episodes are different, but uh. whichever person is, stands or is, Stays the longest. Yeah, stays the longest. <laughs> uh, that's the main focus of the episode. Oh, that's so you smart. Can, so you can watch it and be like, oh, it's a Carol episode. Oh, it's a Mike episode. Oh, it's Yeah, a... exactly. Ah. Yeah, because to me it just read, yeah, it was Carol focused. Which yeah, to I me like. I just read it as like, Jesus, they're still picking on her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Carol like waves longer. Then they all like physically pick her up and take her inside. Yeah, and I'm like, she even fucking gets harassed patriarchy. In opening credits for God's <laughs> Yeah. No, they changed that up. I think when I was watching it as a kid, I thought it was just different seasons a different person stays behind, but. Yeah, it's actually every episode apparently. Well, it's I'm sure it's it's tough in syndication because they may not necessarily match. You know, a lot of times in yeah. syndication, you just like you watch Simpsons on anything other than right. FXX, they just randomly throw a couch gag in front mm-hmm. of an episode. But yeah, so we come back from our lovely theme song, and Matthew Perry and Carol are making out on the front porch, Woo! and he calls her a sex maniac. Yeah. yeah. At midnight, she turns into a sex maniac or a pork. Pork. Er. Pork. I was just, for whatever reason, surprised to hear the term sex maniac thrown around yeah. on growing things. You know? Yeah. What's right? like a less risque word? You're mm. a. You're a. You're a. Uh, you're. A, I can only think of more <laughs> risque words. Randy, uh, Carol, Carol's mind doesn't work that way. It only goes the other direction. Right. I can't find the knob to turn it down. I'm just saying the term sex maniac makes me think pubic phone was intentional. (laughs) 1-800-PUBES. 
Um, so then he calls her his girlfriend, and that gets her all excited yeah. vis-a-vis the earlier discussion of that. And then we find out that her creepo little brother is filming the whole fucking thing. Well, one of the things we also find out was that they were at a bar that didn't even card Carol. Yes. Because she, she has bare shoulders. Yes, her yeah. sexy bare shoulders. And she thought it was a sweet-ass romantic restaurant, but Matthew Perry was like... Dude, they had sawdust on the floor. <laughs> How old is Carol supposed to be? Like eighteen? She's like a. I think she's under eighteen, actually. I don't know. Jeez. I, well, then it's mm, a little young for a college guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I would assume. I guess let's see. What was the? Uh, let's see. It started in eighty-five. Growing pains. Uh, this aired, this is season four, I guess I should have said this earlier, this aired April 12th of 1989, so that's four years after the show started, I mean, depending on how old she was when it started, I mean, even if she was 13 or 14, she was then... born in 1969, do the math. Oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> well, she'd be 30, that 69 to 89, she'd be 20, sorry, yeah. not 30. This is why I didn't do the math. Maybe she's a, nah, I don't know. I, I mean, I assume she's in high school. Yes. But I would have pegged her at like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. You'd have pegged her at 18. Wow, that's really adventurous. <laughs> well, it's illegal. Uh, I walked right into that one. Um, yeah, so we find out they were at a bar and they had some drinks. Mm-hmm. Though though it's very, like, I did not get a they're drunk in a sort yeah. of comical, sitcom kind of way. <sighs> As we learn no, to, more, to was the that episode's intentional? Credit. Yeah, was it, I think so. To to its credit, I didn't get that vibe. Was it trying to was. make a statement that, in lesser words, buzz driving is drunk driving? Like you don't have to be comically drunk and I not mean, be okay to get behind a car. You yeah, know? like By you don't default. need to be. <laughs> or do you think they just weren't thinking at all and they're just I going through the motions? I think they just didn't want to have the kids do a really soused performance just for yeah. like respectfulness. Well, I mean, they weren't they weren't singing Wild Thing at the top of their lungs, <laughs> so we know they weren't too drunk. But uh, yeah, I, ga- I guess I gave them credit for being somewhat subtle about it, but maybe that credit isn't earned. But if Carol is in high school and she's drinking her first drinks and dry humping on Matthew Perry, like, I don't know. The drinks hit you more when you're little and you don't have any tolerance. I, I, I could have yeah, really yeah. seen She's her being soused. And, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. She hasn't been eating for three she... weeks, so I think one beer in that bar would kill her. Well, that's the question. If this is like her first time drinking, is she even is she going to the mixed drinks? And those can be pretty powerful, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Long Island iced teas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then Ben comes out from the bushes and he's all upset because they were about to do it and they got interrupted and he was going to mm-hmm. film it and that's just gross. Yeah, he's pretty into it. Yeah. I guess maybe the only rationale I had was like he wanted to catch them doing something more so that he could like blackmail her with it and not because mm-hmm. he's like a pervo that wants to watch his sister have sex. But, but I he's know. a pervo because he's also stolen his dad's medical journals. <laughs> yeah, was that was that supposed to be a pervo thing too? Like That's yeah. all I can guess is that there's some anatomy stuff in there. Is, probably... Yeah, is he like jacking off to diagrams of vaginas or something? At ovaries, best. I assume. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that like uh, X-ray vision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the cut, like the side cutaway yeah. that's in health class or whatever. Like, ooh, hot stuff. I mean, maybe he just knows how cute Matthew Perry is and how big he's going to be, and yeah. he wants to get in on the blackmailing before yeah. it's a problem. And then I love how how Matthew Perry and Carol have been out on this date where they've, at the very least, gone to a bar, had some drinks, and then gone to like a college party. 
and it's now after midnight and he's like, oh, by the way, it's super short notice, but uh, I got this Dean's List luncheon thing tomorrow. Do you want it? Like, short notice is fine, but I feel like he would have asked that earlier in the in their date. No, he didn't have the uh, drunk courage. Ah, <laughs> uh, that could be. <laughs> I don't know. Long story short, Carol decides that she's going to break her plans with her family so that she can go to this luncheon with her boyfriend. I thought weird how they were making out and then just like they were about to like totally do it and then carol just got off him because she had to like twirl because she was in love so hard mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much i think yeah, i don't know your know, first time's always like you get a little nervous you just yeah, don't get right on that D, no you, know? you do though <laughs> that's you're nervous but you get right on the deep and, and i like matthew perry's twirl was pretty good though you could really see you know, the shtick he would exploit until he had his own very real substance problems in forthcoming sitcoms. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, He doesn't straight up remember, like, two seasons of filming Friends. I believe it. And then uh, she go. Carol goes inside. Well, I I think we're missing the part where once Ben get kicked out, uh, Sandy Matthew Perry wants the cassette. Right, oh, yeah. that's a good yeah. point, David. What's he gonna do with it? I, I assume whack know. off to him making out. Or maybe yeah. he maybe he just wants to post game his performance. Yeah, maybe. And be like, you know, I, I could have like you know stuck my tongue in further there and moved my hand up to her breast at that point. Or... <laughs> like it seemed like a sex tape joke, but I don't think there's enough on it to be like. Well, it's like a sitcom yeah. sex tape joke. Yeah, I guess it's, it's still, still tame. Racy. All yeah. Right. Maybe he, like, trades them with his roommate, like Dustin Diamond purported to do. Maybe they have, like, point scoring yeah. systems. <laughs> yeah. So Carol goes inside, and her mom is pretty cool about knowing everything that's going on. But yeah. then she guilts her mom, and or she guilts Carol into, like, gossiping with her about Matthew Perry and her feelings and all that. And Tracy Gold is... I couldn't tell if she's trying to act drunk or she's just not acting very well or oddly, you know. <laughs> I don't think she's acting drunk. <laughs> no, I got, I didn't, I never got an acting drunk. Right. Because, well, it's just when I'm watching it, it felt like she was saying her words very deliberately. And it almost gave me the vibe that it was like somebody who's kind of buzzed, but know they're buzzed and they're trying to act sober kind of thing, you know. But I feel like I was giving her too much credit for I that kind of subtlety. So it was yeah. probably just an odd acting performance by her. Yeah, I just assumed that's how she yeah. was all the time <laughs> on Growing Pains. Um, and she's she's very careful to clarify to her mother that Matthew Perry is on the Dean's list, but he's not a nerd. Mm-hmm. And not he, a nerd. And he shaves. And she doesn't say what he shaves. Yeah, exactly. So we can all guess. Yeah. Yeah. So mom gets Carol, guilts Carol into telling her about Matthew Perry. So then Carol in turn uses that to guilt her mom into letting her go to Sandy's deeds list luncheon the next day instead of doing their big family brunch thing. And the mom like almost watches the makeout tape. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's another odd. There's this family likes to see things that I wouldn't want to see my family do. <laughs> right? That tape gets around. They're taping each other, making out, and they're watching it later. I mean, if it wasn't Matthew Perry, it would be inexcusable. <laughs> 
Carol, sidebar, do you do you do you uh do you kinda have a thing for Matthew Perry? You know, a bit. Yeah. yeah. My wife does too. Many men we've covered here. <laughs> yeah, my wife's my wife's ping. a big uh she's a big Matthew Perry fan. Yeah, he was very charming. <laughs> was, you know. Yeah. Uh, I still don't really know what I think about Friends. I certainly watched it when it was airing, and I was, like, a child. And then I've tried to re-watch it, and I kind of haven't been able to, like, keep it on, so. Yeah, I haven't re-watched it in a while, but I I watched it a lot once upon a time, and it's been a while. Like, every once in a while, I'll catch a few minutes of an episode, but it's been a long time since I really sought it out. Right? I definitely feel like I was looking at, the friends as a kid to be like, oh, that's what being a grown up will be like. Yeah, I can be the Chandler, and that hasn't served me at all. So yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna grow up and you know date hot woman after hot woman after hot woman, but there's always gonna be just another woman. Yep, <laughs> sounds yep. like you, David. <laughs> so the family comes back from their brunch, and they discover that Carol is still there frantically pacing by the phone because Matthew Perry has stood her up. And Ben the Creep mm. farted out the whole brunch place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why they had to leave. <laughs> there's just, there's yeah, I just, really feel what? like I I already feel like he's the third wheel in this yeah, like no. in this like I don't blame them for bringing in Chrissy and then Leonardo DiCaprio because I feel like <laughs> this kid was a bust and they just couldn't so get rid like, of him. A there's odd things in it happen in this episode and probably the entire sitcom if i started watching it again like the whole sex tape just people wanting to watch it is weird then you have ben farting out the family for whatever reason and then that goes beyond and he goes like oh wally thought it was funny and then uh jason's like well wally is uh and then maggie says wally's going to be your stepdad very soon yeah, I didn't yeah. know who Wally was anyway. I don't either. know what happened there at all. I was very confused <laughs> by that entire... I wish we saw that fart scene. <laughs> Probably ruined the proposal. <laughs> uh, so we get a lot of 80s specific wait, games. Wait, no, about Austin, phones. I want you to explain what happened. Like, why no, is Wally no, going to be his dad? I have no idea. I don't even know who Wally is. <laughs> Wally liked the fart, Austin. That's all you need to know. I guess? I don't... Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> I got, I got nothing. Well, got you're nothing no help on, at got all. Nothing on Wally and the farts. All I know is that, like, <laughs> I feel like you've got Kirk Cameron, who's sort of the, like, mischievous golden boy, and then mm. you have Tracy Gold, who's a fairly wholesome character, and you've got, like, the professional mom and dad, and then they just, like, drop this, like, awkward, <laughs> creepy kid <laughs> in the middle of the show, and he's like... I mean, you see, like picking f- wings off of flies and filming everybody and farting in the middle of family brunches, and it's, it's weird. Do you think that kid has like Leonardo DiCaprio's career now? Me neither. Yeah, <laughs> poor kid. Yeah, he totally got faced. Yeah. So okay, so we get a lot of eighty specific gigs about the phone because the phone rings. But oh, I hate ben, this part because they were all like, just holding the boys kept holding oh the God. phone away from her, and know. it's like her boyfriend has been in an accident, right? And we <laughs> all know that. There's like it was like a solid two two and a half minutes of phone ringing, and it was mm-hmm. just reminded me of like because I mean nowadays your cell phone rings for thirty seconds and it goes to voicemail, and they they pull the phone cord out of the phone in the kitchen. So then she goes into the living room to answer the phone. 
but because she can't do a goddamn fucking thing in this house without one of her two goonie brothers harassing her. <laughs> now Mike's got the other phone in like his pocket. He's got, like, and- in his pants and he's doing like a weird sex dance. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm just like, for God's sake, someone's trying to call you. Answer the freaking phone. Uh, and then he's still making fun of her when you, like, hear that there's been an accident. And it's so harsh. And they don't even smooth it. They just cut to commercial out after 30 awkward seconds. What the fuck? They seem to be doing it. And I think they're trying to get at the hardest things in life. I don't know what I want to... But, like, that feeling when everybody's, like, having a really good time and then, like, Suddenly you hear about a tragedy and how you go from, like, yeah. goofing off to, like, oh, this sucks, you know? Like, yeah, where, like, all the air just goes out of the room or the mm-hmm. floor drops out from beneath you, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone is having a good time except for Carol, who just wants to I answer know. the damn phone. I know. She's yeah. not enjoying the teasing she's getting because they won't stop bullying her. Yeah. I know. So, long story short, turns out Matthew Perry is in the hospital because of a car accident. Sad music takes us into commercial. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope he's going to be okay, you guys. I mean, it's a sitcom. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And so then the Seavers uh, arrive at the hospital, and they meet uh, Sandy's motormouth roommate. I think Doug seems like a cool dude. Yeah, do you know, David, did he make any previous appearances? Uh, Not that I know of. This is kind of a. I just I mean, thought you know look. maybe he showed up in earlier. I know I can look too. But. I mean, frankly, until I looked it up, I re- kind of remember this episode. I didn't realize that Matthew Perry was on multiple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So before yeah. this, they'd had a pretty like good and uh, budding relationship, I'd suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like he was on three episodes total, so I assume he like met her. Yeah. Met although two of those previous episodes, he had a different name. What? So the it may have been like the actor. Yeah, there actually this was his first episode and then oh, next season he he's in back yeah. from the dead? But he's his what? character's name different, so I'm guessing they just use the actor again. Whoa, that that would freak me out. Oh you're talking about Doug like twins thing. Oh correct. Oh, oh, oh Yeah, we thought you were talking about <laughs> Matthew Perry. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about the motor mouth room. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think he w- they were acting like he was acting, like he was talking fast, but I didn't see it. It was just mm. kind of normal to me. Yeah. He seems like uh, a guy I'd like to hang out with. You want to hang out with him? Doug? Yeah, I'd hang out with Doug. Okay. He is, played, <laughs> he is played by an actor named David Coburn. That's why. You like David's. I know. And his character name is David in the other two episodes. Ago. In the other two episodes, yeah. So he doesn't forget. He can keep track of it easier. <laughs> He is also the voice of Toolbox in Defenders of Dinatron City. What? He is also... (laughs) A Toolbox has a voice? (laughs) He's also the voice of Dan Darrett in the Pole Position cartoon, which I believe is the one with the kid that turned into a car. No, that was... That team turning into a car gif is famous. That was Turbo Team, Yeah, no, that... That was Turbo Team, (laughs) right. Pole Position was another video game turned car mm. cartoon most cartoon. importantly though he was the voice of captain planet mm. really <laughs> He's my yeah hero. for 113 episodes he was the voice of captain planet take yeah. pollution down to zero down to zero thank god he fixed the environment for us yeah do you right? think if captain planet was on today donald trump would be a villain on him 
Uh, I think Donald Trump was the villain that <laughs> Jeff Goldblum yeah, wasn't he, played. Yeah, wasn't he the guy that like wore the loud Hawaiian shirt, and, like Duke Nukem or something like that? Um, no, if if Clapton Planet was still on today, Donald Trump would be planning on signing an executive order taking it off of the air. <laughs> that is also true. He's gonna yeah. make Mexico pay for it. And then, <laughs> yes, oh, whoops! Well, yeah. It's Congress. Congress just has to pay. Pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's uh, that's Doug the roommate. Wow, I didn't and, know we'd uh, have Captain Planet. That I know, right? That changes pretty... things. Yeah, that's now you'd cool. want to talk with him. Huh? I out. guess now I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> got me. And so that because uh, because um, the hell is the day of Jason? Because yeah. Jason is a doctor, he goes off to like the secret doctor area <laughs> to check on on Sandy's status. Yeah, that's how to get doc- good service at a hospital is go in the doctor area. Does he have like a doctor badge where he's like, "I'm a doctor. You got to tell me everything about this patient. Screw HIPAA laws." I always thought he was like a psychiatrist or he something. He is. He's got a doctorate okay. degree. So like the idea that he would know some stuff about medicine, like yeah, and not yeah, actually, no, I don't no. mean like just some stuff. Psychologists don't I know, know no, this no. stuff. Like, and I want to, I want to clarify my statement here. I'm not trying to suggest that like psychologists aren't yeah. worthy of their doctorates or whatever. <laughs> the way it's presented in this scene is that like he's a medical, like a general practitioner like or at, surgeon he, he's at this hospital or something like yeah like, and that and, you know. that they'd just be like oh here's the files on this person right. you have no particularly when to. it's like and it's a psychologist mm-hmm. like you're not yeah I don't. so know. yeah the idea that they could tell him what's going on and he'd be like oh i understand what internal hemorrhaging is not that that most people know what that means but uh yeah, he'd get it. But anyway. yeah, like I don't, I don't think like eye doctors can go into a hospital mm. and just be like, "Give me the four one one on this patient." I'm well, an eye doctor. I would say no doctor can get a four one one on a patient unless they're their doctor, because yeah. that's like yeah, the law. That's certainly true. Unless there's so some he... specific reason that this doctor needs to know. But whatever. well, you guys just don't know the cool doctor handshake. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> so he comes out and says that. Uh, my, that uh, Sandy's hemoglobin is stable, so he should be okay. Because his whole, blood is still. <laughs> yeah, and the, the line just very much read to me like someone wrote in the script, Jason, something, something medical term, he'll be <laughs> exactly. fine. Right? And he just like threw a medical sounding word. I'm like, his hemoglobin is stable? <laughs> like That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He has blood in his body, yeah. and it's doing Well, according good. to this chart, he's got blood, so he should be fine. He's got a very, I don't want to alarm you, but he's got a very <laughs> scary skeleton. <laughs> looks like there's glucose, but it hasn't spread yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. So then uh, Carol has to do some dancing around a non-traditionally attractive nurse. <laughs> who apparently looks like Larry Bud Melman. Yeah. Who appar- is, is my memory correct, Cracked Research Team, that that was the little old man they would have on David Letterman sometimes? Yeah, he was on Letterman. Yeah. I don't know why they're dropping that reference. It doesn't seem related yeah, to it me. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty deep cut. And looking at pictures of him, she does yeah. kind of look like him. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, Calvert DeForest is his actual name. Um, he appeared as Larry Bud Melman on the Letterman show. His frequently. name's not Larry Bud Melman. Oh, no, shit. that's a character name. That's his real name is everything. Calvert DeForest. I mean, I guess this, uh, I bet you that was like a topical reference for the time. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right because he was on Letterman in like the mid '80s, so yeah. it probably was much more of a. 
topical reference. More importantly, did you recognize the non-traditionally attractive Mm-mm. nurse? Was she was Saved she, by the Bell? Was she in a car teenager show? <laughs> was she in the she limo turned... with Streech? <laughs> she was in the limo <gasps> with Screech. Oh, <laughs> She's the old lady who harassed Screech in the v- wedding in Vegas. You mean movie. the one who rented him? Like, that yes, was his who... job was to be <laughs> She's the one who hired male prostitute Screech. Oh, wow. In Vegas. Wow, we've come full circle, you guys. We really have. Captain we Planet, really the really. Screech's juggalo <laughs> j- lady. <laughs> the Screech and his juggalos? Is a... What if Screech <laughs> was a juggalo? Would that make him cool? <laughs> Better or worse? And you know what? I watched the second Juggalo movie, um, and it would make it. Screech would have been a welcome cameo. They could have used the first one in Harlan Williams, and he was delightful. And then they had no other actors, and the second one has some weird cameos. Screech would have been welcome. He'd be better as a Juggalo. So Carol lies about being Matthew Perry's fiance so that she can go back and see him. So. To be clear here, we have a lockdown on no visitors outside of immediate family, but any doctor off the street can wander in and check out the chart. Yeah, and also he's okay. conscious, so I feel like he could just okay anybody to come in. Like, Right, I feel like he should have some say. Yeah, I thought the whole family thing is just if you're unconscious, you can't agree right. to have somebody there so they don't know who you'd want and who you want so then it just comes down to family because obviously sometimes you need somebody to be in there or whatnot but but david if that was the case then we couldn't get comical googly eyes <laughs> from jason when he's all like fiance mm-hmm. that's my little girl <laughs> and it's like first she was acting like she was a sister and then that would make her parents his parents yeah. And then they yeah. couldn't commit to that lie. So then she went to fiance, which is a little right. incestuous. But also, like, the trick to that is you have to have a ring on yeah, your I finger, know. right? She should well, have, like... say, don't have the money yet. You know, you're young and in love. Yeah, get a ring. Go to, like, the <laughs> coin thing. Put a quarter in the thing. As... Get some Laffy Taffy and wrap it around your finger. As the prophet Beyonce once said, <laughs> if you want it, you better put a ring on it. Don't don't ring shame people. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> so then uh, she goes in to see Matthew Perry, and he's all Matthew Perry funny about the whole situation until he drops the bomb that he's going to be charged with drunk driving. <laughs> and I guess this is where the whole idea of maybe they're trying to say that like buzzed driving is drunk drive because like. He, I guess he had to be over the legal limit at the time mm-hmm. of his accident to get yeah. charged with drunk driving. But he's acting uh, like he didn't even have that much, you know? Right, and he, he, and he specifically says, you know, oh, I've drank more than that and been fine, and this is, you know, I guess my luck just ran out. And then Carol says, no, your luck is great because you just got an episode title, and you'll be able to... <laughs> Live your life to the fullest now that you've had this second chance. I love when people say that you were lucky to be in an accident and you didn't <laughs> lose more. It's like, fuck you, Cam. Oh, no. <laughs> fuck you. You could always lose more, right? Isn't that? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. Unless you're dead, you could always have lost more. <laughs> but, well, but it's better to be dead than just be tortured for the rest of your life. Hmm? <laughs> Would you like people drilling your teeth every day? Yeah, I lucky. suppose. 
And I guess, like, how I read Sandy, Matthew Sandy Perry, is that, like, he just has to be a really high-functioning alcoholic. Someone who is so used to being almost, like, blackout drunk that you can't even tell that they've been drinking, (laughs) right? Sometimes it could sneak up on you, though, you know? He'd be really... Yeah, he'd be really advanced, too, to be, like, that professional of an alcoholic as as a college kid, too. I mean... Yeah, though I do like the idea of him saying, you know, oh, I've been, like, there's been situations before where I felt more drunk than I did last night, and I drove, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Just because it's one of, like, it just kind of reinforces that point that, you know, you can you can be legally drunk and not necessarily feel it, and there's other times where you may feel drunk, but you may not be legally drunk. Like, that yeah. it can hit you differently at different times depending on what you drank and how fast and what you had to eat and all kinds of different scenarios. So it's not necessarily like a, a stable, consistent thing. And is this a good time to point out that Tracy Gold herself has had several DUIs? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was on Oprah about it. There's, like, some great headshots. I mean, I mean um, considering how real shots. thin she is, I would assume like one yeah. beer and she can't drive after that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She, I feel was... like a thimble full of of booze would be enough to <laughs> knock her out at some point. Yeah, she was only snagged for like the duties when like she was, you know, older mother, yeah. not not terribly yeah. over the anorexia at least, so uh, like not okay. skeletal anymore. But just yeah, just no. you know, being a, being a Hollywood wine lady. That's what she said happened on Oprah. So we have two actors with substance abuse and one eating disorder having this very charming scene. And I really like how they styled... That's Hollywood for you, right? 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 (laughs) All the actors, basically. I like how they styled Matthew Perry here. He's got, like, three cuts on his face and, like, some blood on his cast foot. But other than that, he really seems like he's going to pull through. I'm feeling optimistic. And we do get a little bit of, you know, just, just in case... We're not all out of the woods yet. He does mention they're going to keep an eye on him just because he's got some internal injuries and that kind of stuff can be a little tricky. So they're going to keep him in the hospital a little bit longer. Did one of his balls go back in his scrotum <laughs> during the accident? And then uh, he does some Matthew Perry stuff some more and says, it's going to be a long time before I drink again. He yeah. also asks for a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's his bad. He's like, oh, how, how are you doing? Like, I could go for a beer. And she's like, oh, Sandy, that's terrible. <laughs> And then he's like, just kidding. It's going to be a long time before I drink again. I'd probably want a beer if I was him. I know. I I was was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I I probably could go for a beer too. Right? Beer sounds nice. Uh, So we'll go back out to the lobby, and Jason admits that he hates hospitals despite being a doctor. Waka waka. (laughs) And then uh, Carol comes out and says that he's going to be fine, and then comes clean about the whole drunk driving thing. Yeah, they have a very emotional moment where... Yes, Jason and Maggie are very upset that she would do something so stupid. And and I mean, this is one of those where I'm like, again, where it's a little unclear just how drunk he was supposed to be. Yeah, but I mean, she's already underage drinking, so they're probably well, upset yes, with that. Certainly, yes, and I And I guess from the, the parents' perspective, just hearing that he was drinking and driving probably just makes them upset, you know? Right. But there's, I feel like there's a certain level of like, if you're out with somebody and they say, you know, and they're driving and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, are you okay to drive? And they say yes, unless they're falling down drunk and you know they're lying. <laughs> like, if they're not giving you any reason to doubt that, like, how much do you need, can you really know about how another person is 
feeling via the drinks they had. Well, some people would say one drink is too many. I suppose. And that's probably what Jason and Maggie would say. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, she insists that they have learned their lesson Phew. and that they both <laughs> that they both have gotten an episode title and won't be drinking uh, again. Well, that was a close one, guys. <laughs> uh, that all wrapped up neatly. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, it's just a question of whether she's going to get punished or not. And I was conflicted. Well, once you once everything happens, you're like, I think life punished enough. <laughs> punished her enough. <laughs> but, <laughs> They don't need to ground her after that, you know? Yeah, they're like, we're going to let your brothers call you a fatty, fatty pork yeah. face. Three extra to te- times. To, te- to teach you a lesson, we're going to ground you from going to his funeral. <laughs> you can't go to his funeral. Oh, we're spoiler alert. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. But then I wonder, you know, I think sometimes, I don't know. I was just like, eh, maybe you shouldn't just immediately go into angry phase when something like this happens. Yeah. Like, you should. Yeah work to heal them emotionally first before worrying about punishment. We come back to our next scene and Jason, Maggie and Carol are returning home from the hospital, but there's old baby face, Kirk Cameron standing, waiting with a phone and he looks glum because Matthew Perry's roommate called from the hospital and Matthew Perry is dead. No. He died of that internal hemorrhaging that was so elegantly foreshadowed in the earlier scene. His ball went into his heart. Do we think Kirk Cameron demanded he be the one to deliver the news? Yes. I would not in any way, shape, or form put it past him. <laughs> I feel like I heard that somewhere, but I don't know if I'm just making it up. But like that he was that he was this- like this is. This is Tracy Gold's big emotional episode, but damn it, I'm going to get a big Emmy senior. Yeah, he needs to be a part of it. This is going to be a big emotional thing. You know, I need to be a part of it in some way. It doesn't, like, suit his character. He's the guy who, like, put the phone in his pocket and was like, hey, 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 fuck you. And now he's like, oh, I'm sad for you. I'm like, fuck you. Once things get real, you know. (laughs) And he even... She immediately, like, when he first tells her what happened, she totally understandably <laughs> thinks that he's, like, pulling a joke on her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I would believe that, too, because all I've seen in this episode is him fucking around with her. Right? But he'd never stooped that far. Um, he stooped further. <laughs> no, and then yeah. you get the big emotional uh, speech, I guess, by Yeah, Carol. so she kind of, she she freaks out, and she's all like, but he was. But he got an episode title. He was gonna have an episode title. What mm-hmm. happened to his episode title? Oh, they wouldn't make episode title ironic. No, not at all. And then uh, that's. I mean, that's pretty much. She kind of breaks down, and they hug her, and we fade to the title card of Growing Pains in complete silence. That was almost as co- that was more cold than earlier when we <laughs> let the awkward silence go after he was hurt. Now, no one even, like, counsels her. They just let her hit Kirk Cameron a couple times, and then they're like, oh, that bitch is dead. Well, to be fair, we just don't see the counseling. We just Yeah. Oh, you think it happened? You don't think her weird psychiatrist dad was just like, go into your Skinner's box, fatty? <laughs> well, well, I don't know if she got good counseling, but he probably counseled her in some way. That's nice of you. Skinner's box, Patty. <laughs> I'm gonna be a good dad. <laughs> no problem. He's gonna be no, I mean, like, it... you got 
two ways to solve your problem pills or alcohol i'm going to and then he's like just puts her in this box and they're like on each side and then he's just marking every time she goes for one or the other and then... what about cupcakes <laughs> and then uh, uh so i feel like i feel like there's two ways these very special episodes handle this sort of a thing which is this where they just sort of fade to black at the moment of peak drama or you do the different strokes thing where they shoehorn in like a scene at the end where the characters talk about what happened as a vehicle for the audience that's watching to get some perspective on what happened and maybe what to do about it and stuff. I was really waiting for Alan Thicke to therapize (laughs) me about this. He didn't come. I don't mind the fade to black because it's like, we know all we need to know and there's not going to be an easy resolution to this, obviously. I mean, he right. died, you know. And right. The, usually the problem is, and I wouldn't doubt if this has the same thing, which is the next episode, it's like not even acknowledged. So it's like, <laughs> right. oh, she got I over the that... death of her boyfriend pretty quickly, you know. Off right, I had that ex- Yeah, I had that exact same thought, which was like, I don't even need to tune in like, right after this or next week or whenever and watch the next episode, I am confident that this character's name will never be spoken on this show again. (laughs) The events of this episode will never get referenced. And look, I get it. It's a sitcom. I don't need tight continuity, but like, would it kill them in the next episode for someone to be like, you know, how you doing, Carol? I know it's been rough since Sandy died. Mm-hmm. You or should at least wear more bl- it somehow, right, Carol? You should wear more black because you're in mourning, and it would make you look skinnier. You fat pig. <laughs> she should. She should go goth after this. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Given the way they treat her in this episode, the reference we'd probably get would be like, "Oh, Carol, is your dead boyfriend back from the dead yet? Nobody <laughs> died. Did Ooh. you eat his corpse? Ooh, he's yeah, on the fat, phone. Fat, fat. I'm not gonna give you the phone." <laughs> So instead of any of that, we do get a closing message that appears on the screen and says that while we were watching the episode, 29 people were killed or injured in alcohol-related car accidents in the U.S., which I imagine is a number that is probably higher when I watched the episode earlier today than it was when it aired in 1989. I want to know that. Yeah, it was the title. This card was in the same yellow font as Growing Mm -hmm. Pains is, so it was kind of like similar to the show and unnerving in that regard. And And then I believe after it was on the screen for a minute, at which point the 29 ticked up to 30. Yeah. Oh, did that happen? I missed that. Yeah, that, that was the big ending. Like, it was really supposed yeah. to get you in the heart. That was, I just, I that was Matthew Perry was 3-0. Sometimes I think I'm too skeptical sometimes. <laughs> like, like, when looking at statistics, I just wonder where they get it from. I'm like, like technically, let's say there was someone who was Cite drunk. your source growing pains. No, no yeah. I'm just saying, like, if someone's drunk and shouldn't be driving... But it stopped at a red light, and then somebody who isn't drunk runs the red light and hits them. Do, do they still just count that as an alcohol-related right. was that, accident? Was know? that one of the 29? And that's I an extreme example, do. but, you know. No, my pedantic uh, Which is me the trying point. to defend drunk driving or anything. Know, <laughs> Obviously, it's a I bad know. thing to do in that. No, my, my pedantic missing the point of the message at the end <laughs> question was... 29 people were killed or injured in alcohol-related car accidents. So, like, was one of those injuries, like... He was driving, a guy was drunk driving and, like, smashed his car and, like, 
broke a toe or something. Yeah, but everything or, was otherwise fine. Or, it like, would, you got drunk and you tried to make chicken nuggets and you, like, burnt <laughs> your finger on the stove. Well, you'd have to right. be while driving, which is still a possibility. <laughs> with, yeah. a, with an easy-bake car oven, like, <laughs> yeah. Was it, like, are we or, talking serious accidents? It's probably, like, like just injuries? a visit to the doctor or hospital afterwards, which would be, like, any accident you're going to end up going to a right. doctor, you know? Sounds All like of that said, thing. skepticism aside, I did kind of think that ticking it up to 30 after a minute was kind of a clever yeah, you know, that was. attention was grabber. I'm glad you caught that from me because I walked away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. You're just like, well, he's You're dead. Like, I'm never going to need here. this information. Right? 29. <laughs> oh, can't wait to forget this. Wow, that was really cold. I was like, ice cold growing pains. Ice cold. <laughs> So how many people would die during this podcast, right? This is about three times as long as die growing pains. Die or get or just die? Just, oh, let's do with the numbers we have. Let's do okay. the die or injured of drunk accidents, right? Well, I mean, you know, barring uh, barring oh. edits that may shorten the episode, uh-huh. at this point we're at an hour 0720. So yeah, by, call it by 115 80, close, probably. By uh, uh, 89 numbers, that's at least 60 people. Yeah, 67, yeah. 67, yeah, 67 people, so... Boom, 68. But I don't know (laughs) if that's adjusted for inflation or not, so... Really makes you think. It does, it does. Really makes you drink. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to cope with all this bad news is to drink. Man, she really should have given him that beer in the hospital. That would have been his last beer, and she just... Yelled he said face. he was ne- he said he it was going to be a long time before he had another drink and he was right. <laughs> he has to yeah, he's reincarnate in the afterlife right now. You, they don't have booze in heaven, David. He's drink he's drinking sweet ambrosia with Dionysus. Yeah, you just get cloud juice. <laughs> no, he's in good. Valhalla just drinking with all the Vikings, <laughs> waiting to go has- to another battle, drunk and then die. <laughs> and that was the Friends series. <laughs> David, you better not let Kirk Cameron hear you talk about these pagan religions or he's going to get you kicked off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Wasn't uh, Boner really? See, that's yeah, what's is the this real where tragedy boner of comes this episode. Is yeah, boner is that there's no Boner. The yes, Boner's in the show. He was not on this episode. And really, that's probably why it's a very special episode because there's no Boner. Yeah. And a world without Boner is just not a world I want to be in. I can't believe we had we watched a series with a person named Boner and we didn't get any of that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he, uh, I think he leaves at the end of this season. Who does he think he's too good for growing? Uh, <laughs> um, because I think he does. I don't think I think he's gone after the fourth season, and this is like the third to the last episode of the fourth season. Was Boner religious? I don't. Didn't isn't he the one that ended up like dead in the wild yeah. a few years Whoa. ago? Yeah, he went into the woods and pretty much never came back. Oh shit! Which led Why? me to. I thought he was raptured. Was it Kurt Cameron who drove him into the woods and he's just like, <laughs> "You're free now. Go be with the Lord." <laughs> I'm trying to see when Boner's last. Episode. I'll probably cut some of this out, but no, yeah, leave the Boner intact, please, Austin. Andrew Koenig as Richard Milhouse Boner Stabone. <laughs> Oh my god. Dick. Richard is short for Dick. I know. Dick Boner to Bone. Oh my god. Uh, Let's see. How'd they get away with that? 
a pubic phone and a boner to bone. <laughs> in February 2010, Koenig was reported missing by friends and family. He was last seen near a bakery in Vancouver, British Columbia on February 14th. Missed a scheduled flight back to the United States. On February 16th, which was the last day he used his cell phone or conducted any banking. On February 25th, a group of 11 of his friends and family members found his body hanging from a tree in Stanley Park in downtown Vancouver through an act of suicide. I want to see the episode about that. Mm -hmm. Wait, so uh, he committed suicide? Yeah, apparently. Probably. He was a vegan. Bigfoot killed him. I don't know. Kurt Cameron could have killed Canada. him. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. I never realized this. He is the son of uh, Walter Koenig, who was Chekhov in the original Star Trek. Oh, weird. I was just assumed it was like two actors with a similar last name, but he was actually Walter Koenig's son. Did Chekhov? Chekhov died, but like a normal death. The new Chekhov died. In a car wreck, but old Chekhov got to live out his days, right? Uh, old, Ch- old Chekhov is still alive. Walter no, Koenig. shit. Walter Koenig is still with us today. So we lost the, the young Chekhov before we lost the old one. That's weird. In that more ways than correct. one. That's kind of sad. Well, thanks for bringing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, bringing this party down. So how uh, how special was this episode? What did we learn? What do we think? What's our... How well did it do at what it was doing? Yeah, how well did it do at what it was trying to do? I don't think it did very well. I was struck by the untimely death of baby boy Matthew Perry dying as a baby from drugs and alcohol when clearly if it was going to happen, it'd be like during those dangerous 40s, right? Mm. Uh, Also, he was in a movie with um, 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 Christopher Farley. They had that Oregon Trail movie together, and that's like the oh, last yeah. movie Chris Farley was in before he died of drugs and alcohol. Reagan's East. Yeah, it wasn't very good. But can you be? Uh, can you imagine like being Matthew Perry on that and seeing Christopher Farley and being like, "Whoa, you should slow down, buddy!" And then you only do three <laughs> rails at night instead of seven. Like, um, I thought this episode was way too fucking cold for me with these title card number drops. I'll give him an extra point for bringing the kill up to 30. But <laughs> I needed Alan Thick to put me on the chaise lounge and sing me in soulful tones about how it was okay that some baby boys die too young. He does have a good voice. Yeah. Like a soothing voice. I should say. Yeah, he's very... It's, uh, the, the show overall I find very soothing. The yeah. dad's nice, the mom's nice. Ben's a fucking creep. I wish we could see him fart at the funeral. No, and I feel like maybe if I watched it again, I don't think I'd have the patience to watch this whole thing. That <laughs> I might like it a little more than other sitcoms because it seems to have just a little more edge to it, which isn't a lot of edge, but yeah, at least got... it acts like sex exists, you know. And that yeah. Kind of well, yeah, it's it's yeah. like if if most sitcoms are like the plastic butter knife. <laughs> This is the plastic butter knife that has a little bit of like serrated edge yeah. to it. That's a sweet knife. Yeah. Like they, it's still a plastic butter knife, but at least you've got a little bit of edge to it. They they do heavy makeouts <laughs> and they are sex maniacs and they trade sex tapes within yeah. their family. <laughs> and apparently, uh this was from my source too, that uh <laughs> as the show was coming to an end you know kirk cameron it's kind of as what was trying to change things when uh the sh- like certain scenes or whatever when things were going against what he thought was right you know oh yeah he was yeah. exercising control creative control over yep. things yeah uh 
and then Alan Thick was talking with him. And he's like, well, you know, if this show is too blue for you, then you're really going to struggle going out into Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> you burnt. And, and he true. did. And to be fair to Kirk Cameron, he's he's like... I think he's comfortable with what he's done. Like, I think he'd rather not be. Yeah. In Hollywood. No, he went out. He went out into Hollywood, realized mm-hmm. Alan Thicke was right about that. <laughs> and then carved out a niche for himself in like the whacked out religious corner of Hollywood where he mm-hmm. could do the kind of things he wanted to do. And yep. he, I, as far as I know, made a, uh, made a living off of it. Yeah. I and think I think he's, he's like, for money. Like he probably could have made more money, but I don't think he cares, but. I'm not saying that makes him a good person, but I think he went in with his eyes open, at least, as to what Hollywood was. Yeah, so we haven't really talked about, but we all know that, like, his movies, he does really weird things. Like, he has a banana, and then he says that's proof of God because monkeys. (laughs) Yeah. He's just really shameful. Well, they think, like, shame women. They're in that Mm. religious place where they don't like gays or women or anything cool. And he is... The brother, again, it's like Boner's dad being Chekhov, which I didn't know. He is the brother of Cameron... Candace Cameron. Candace Cameron. Yeah, Candace Camera Cameron of the Full House. So (laughs) shout out Ryan's superstar. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of... She became super religious, too, I think, through his influence. Yeah. And they're both, like, have a huge stick up their ass to Mm -hmm. this day. And you know what? If they're... Candace Cameron was did a very special Full House episode about weight loss issues. Yeah. Right, she had the bulimia for one day, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which was a response, right, to Tracy Gold. They were trying to, like, be nicer uh, we, to her. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to get Ryan in on the sat phone to have him weigh in on that, since he is the yeah. Internet's foremost expert on Full House. He'll love that. Yeah, what? I think I think we should we should interrupt his vacation to have him. Yeah, let's on, call him and he'll pick up on the coconut pubic phone. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know about those Camerons, if they're so God Almighty holy, where were they for Boner in his time of need? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, he's also in the was in the original Left Behind movies. Actually. Right. Right. Like, like self produced or something. Right. He good. helped like fund them and kind of shepherd them through and all that kind of stuff. And then Nicolas Cage is in them. There's only one? I don't remember. Yeah, he's on the remake of The Left Behind. I haven't quite and gotten to watching something. Those. Are, those those yeah, are really it, bad. Let's, I mean, let's be clear here. Is there anything Nick Cage won't do? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage was in it for the paycheck, not any morality, but it doesn't make it yeah. right, and right. I can say a lot about The Left Behind series. But Yeah. Uh, so before we start getting angry letters, Chris Farley's <laughs> last movie with Matthew Perry was Almost Heroes. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was directed by Christopher Guest, which I don't think I ever knew. Right, Eugene um, Levy's in it, and he yeah, plays like Eugene, the exactly, sexy yeah. guy, and it's weird. Um, Wagon's East was John Candy's right. last movie. So you'll forgive me for mixing up Western-themed movies that were the last movies of portly comedians who died too soon. Watch yeah. out for the covered wagons, portly comedians. Watch yeah, I thought out. it was Canadian Bacon, but I guess that was That's, wrong. Everybody Lived. That was Michael Moore. I don't remember who starred in it. He directed. I, I don't remember. Uh, Canadian Bacon. Yeah, John Candy was in Canadian Bacon. Oh. Nah. But I just thought man. that was the last movie. I was wrong. And, oh, this man, is riveting died. stuff now. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is yeah, this is fascinating stuff. No, you might be right. Canadian Bacon is 95. Wagons East was 94. Oh, Maybe, shit. But it could be like when they were 
filmed. Yeah, he may have a... filmed Wagons East after yeah. Canadian Bacon, but that got held for whatever. Who knows? He anyway. definitely looks like he's close to death. During... This is, yeah, not relevant to much of anything. Um, I feel like yeah. I go back and forth on this episode. I kind of like the abruptness of it. I don't know how much watching this in real time if this was like hyped as being a very special like if mm-hmm. if you're the average growing pain viewer going to flick it on did you know that this was gonna like something big was gonna happen or are you just like yeah. oh let's see what those wacky sievers are up to and then you're like holy crap this was depressing <laughs> they're really going for the gut punches in this one yeah and so i kind of like the abruptness of it but at the same time i feel like in the service of the abruptness they don't really get to tackle the issue all that much mm-hmm. um you know we get the we get the lecture from her parents about mm-hmm. being stupid and drinking and driving and all of that and the you know him then dying sort of helps underscore that point but there really is no uh, no lesson that's imparted so much as it is just like here's a shitty thing that can happen when you do mm-hmm. this and that's something yeah. but i think yeah i think i'm I'm more generous than Carol is on this. And usually. I think this was pretty good. I think you're right. As I'm thinking about it now, maybe I'm docking it a little more points than I thought because I think some of it, and I don't know if it's clever writing or just coincidental writing, but the subtleness with how the drunk driving happens that you don't realize he's drunk at the time. And maybe mm-hmm. he's not drunk in the traditional sense, but just has had... Is over the limit, at least, you know? Right. And how right. that can sneak up on certain people. Like, you can not realize how drunk you are at certain points or, you know, not realize how much yeah. you've had. Right. And if you've never been pulled over or done the breathalyzer, you don't know like, yeah. how much one drink will do to you. I, exactly. I don't have the numbers on it. I'm mm-hmm. lucky enough not to have. Yeah. And so, so I think the subtleness, I, if... Might be good writing in that it's the more realistic way. Like, it's not always the comical somebody's stumbling over, can barely, like, stand, and then just gets behind the wheel, and then we all know what's going to happen if it's a TV show, you know? Uh, right, right. But then at the same time, as you said, Austin, the subtleness can... It's almost too subtle at times that you almost forget that this is a drunk driving... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially, episode, you know, warning. Except for the placard at the end that kind of tell, yeah. reminds you that, like, oh yeah, I was drunk. It's really about him. He should have been drinking because they don't even go into exactly how the accident happened. Like, he hit a came tree out of and he was above the limit. Were those two things related? We don't even know. You know, and, right? And, in and the whole way, thing, maybe he was sleepy because he was drunk. You know, you know. And in the service of the abruptness of it, you know, the the last scene that he's in, we've got him, you know, Matthew parrying it up and cracking yeah. jokes and all that, which, again, does make it very abrupt, but also kind of undermines it, the seriousness of it. And it makes it memorable, and it can kind of convey how much of a gut punch death can be. Yeah, yeah, because you don't expect it, because things yeah. seem fine. Mm-hmm. They kind of did a misdirect where mm-hmm. we went to the hospital, but then he was fine, but then he died, and I guess... That's my problem with it, too, is that they did it all off camera. And that is a strength, so I guess it just depends on whether you want to go with the show on this one or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's the suddenness of it. But then that suddenness, again, kind of undercuts any sort of moral lesson they're trying to show. Because you just get overcome by the gut punch and you're not even thinking about, oh, I guess this is what happens when you drink and drive. Because it that almost seems secondary since we get so little information about it all. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Right. I do think in in terms of just like very special episodes, um, I appreciated the this was pitched at kind of a relatively low level. Like it wasn't real over the top. It wasn't real hysteronic. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was of a pe- like it didn't seem like the show screeched to a halt and the characters all sort of started acting out of character for the sake of the message. It felt very much like this is a shitty thing that happened in the lives of these characters. And that's always appreciated. It uh, would be nice. I like how this universe is like cruel enough to really kill his characters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, like we mentioned, it's, it's unfortunate at this time for the show that it is that this just is gone. Like there's no reference to this. There's no lasting impact because this is the kind of thing that would, you know, fuck up a person for a while. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in a very legitimate, understandable kind of way, and we just will get absolutely no, um, you know, representation of that here. Yeah, and so I think, yeah, and I think this is more watchable than some other very special episodes just because it's not very yeah. preachy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at, David. But, Thank but you. that kind of ends up being... At the expense of a lesson being taught, too, you know. Right, right. It's a little less preachy. I guess the most special part of this special episode (laughs) was off camera when Ben farted up the whole brunch. (laughs) For me. I would say the most special was Carol being a sex maniac, because that was pretty. (laughs) And then she got so horned up that she had to twirl about it. Exactly. And David, you're you're referencing Carol, the character, not Carol, our (laughs) podcast host, because we knew that already. <laughs> it's almost midnight. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat pork and fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I think the the most special part for me was <laughs> Jason Seaver just straight up walking into an emergency room and being like, "Yo, I'm a doctor. Tell me what I want to know." <laughs> you know what's <laughs> not to go completely off topic a little bit. What I struggle with on growing pains. <laughs> For whatever reason, if you said there's a family, like you said there's a sitcom about a family, Uh and there's two characters named Mike and Carol, Uh I'd assume that would be the mom and dad. And I don't know why that is. Well, Carol Uh, Brady. Right. Yeah. And then also Carol was a mother figure in one, the other show we've done with Carol so far. It was Mike Brady, too, wasn't it? It was. It was. Car- I'm pretty sure it was Carol and Mike Brady. And maybe that's where it comes. And then yeah. also Jason and Maggie sound like they'd be <laughs> the kids too to me. So yeah, that is a that is a good point. <laughs> they kind of flipped that around. I mean, we all know that Carol is one of the most sort of matronly humdrum <laughs> yeah. names out there. It's true. It's a Very real garbage name. Pure. <laughs> yeah, it is Carol and Mike Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I feel like that had to have been intentional. Yeah. And so I always struggle with the names because Carol to me just sounds like it'd be the mother, and then I like it. Yeah, yeah. They're flipping it on you. And Boner <laughs> sounds like he would not be allowed in the show at all. Yeah, the other problem I have with growing pains is there's not enough Boner. <laughs> and does anybody, I mean, I guess we're almost out the door, so I will say that for Boner, maybe the show is more about groin pain oh. get that out of the way we really need to do another episode that just has boner in it i know so does he have a special system. boner episode well i know his in his excuse me in his last episode he leaves to join the marines but i don't know if it's 
I don't know if that's hilarious or like a tough choice or yeah. what. Uh, <laughs> it's wacky. I'm just laughing yeah. anyways. Without no, I, 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 I highly doubt this will be the last we see of growing pains on our in our, in our podcast. I think we'll there are there are depths here to plumb of very special episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, so David, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Doctor Bits and at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And Carol, how about you? You can find me at www.carolinmain.com, Carolyn Main at Twitter, Carolyn Main at Tumblr, and on Facebook. And that is C A R O L Y N M A I N, like the street. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com as well. Uh, as for our show, you can follow us on Twitter at AVSEpod. You can email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. I should really probably check that mailbox and see if we have some emails and we can yeah. read them. Let's um, unload our mailbag. Yeah, yeah we should, I should look into that. Next time the four of us are together, we should do that. And then uh, you can check out our Facebook page, a very special episode on Facebook. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, and you can five leave us- Five stars room. only. Yes, five stars only on iTunes, which is one of those things that we do. Uh, the more rates and reviews we get, the further up the list we go, and the more people that find us and download us, and so that's, that's why we always tell you to rate and review us. That's why we always ask you to rate and review us. We tell you to just give us five star reviews, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which you, you can't, can, right? You can only give four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give us give eighteen us star reviews, one hundred stars. And uh, you can also listen to us via Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play if you are so inclined. And also, we are now hosted right on the new River City Podcast Federation dot com as well. Yeah, is that is that the is that the URL for that? Yeah, yeah, just River City Podcast, Podcast. Federation dot com, and there's a bunch of other cool. A lot of them are Portland based podcasts. So if you're bored with us, go check those out. Yeah, um, and you'll you'll hear more from us about that uh, as we move along here, uh, as well. Uh, yeah. Next episode uh, in two weeks, I believe, will be um our look at the not all muslim americans are terrorists episode of 24 who oh boy um which which was one of uh one of 24's few attempts at doing a uh what we would call a very special episode so uh <laughs> we'll have that up probably in a couple of weeks and then uh Hopefully Ryan will be back from his sexcation sometime thereafter <laughs> I don't. I mean, I just assume that's that's what he's doing. I don't know. They look tropical, so yeah, I bet they're fucking. Yeah, they're in. I think uh, what New Zealand. Is oh, that where shit, he said? that's awesome. I forget. Is that where they said they were going? But yeah, that's why. That's why Ryan is not around this. Eating week. the booty like groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Ryan, I'm sure he is. He's gonna need a second <laughs> helping, like groceries. <laughs> So for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, and I don't even want to know how many people died while we were recording this episode. <laughs> yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTP. Was it Austin G? 
I was hoping you'd be like, I say re, you say corn. Re. Corn. Re. Re. Corn. We got to work on it. I don't even think we need to clap because I think that re chord routine there just did everything. Watch you try to sync it off that and it's all just too far. It'll all work out in post. You're like, you're going to delete our tracks anyways. Yeah, exactly. Nothing you guys say is important. That would be so funny if you deleted our tracks, but then redubbed it in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Like I wrote, like I went through, listened to your tracks, wrote down everything <laughs> yeah. that you said, and then read it back. We should sell transcripts. Voice. That would be cool. Yeah, it could come out really badly, I imagine. No, I mean, like, even even the hosts of the podcast, I wouldn't necessarily, mm-hmm. could, like... The the fact that the how did this get made guys don't edit their own podcast does not surprise me, but there's some shows where I'm like, really? You're a big enough name that you can afford to have someone like edit and produce your podcast for you? Right. But what do I know? One day. One day. We'll just make Ryan edit all of our episodes for us since he's not here to object. That would be amazing. We got a quorum. Yeah, three against one. So... <laughs> That's that's not just a, that's like a majority seventy five percent majority vote right yeah. now. Yeah, we're a caucus. <laughs> a caucus. No. It's right. Austin today. Well, that's the podcast, right? We're done. Yeah. 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 We made a dick joke. We talked about Ryan. <laughs> it's all good. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>